May edition of Talent General. And I'm just going to read a profile to you. Briefly, then we're going to start the conversation because I believe there's so much in our hearts that you want to share with us. A lot of wisdom we're going to glean today. Like we've always had the village of having great minds come on board the Silent Generals to share with us the future, to share with us where the next generation is going to and what we need to start doing, what we need to start looking at, right places we need to be and what we should start focusing on as a generation. I'm going to introduce to us just a moment. She is an economic growth and development consultant reducing the African economy through entrepreneurship, youth employment, education and trade. She is the president of the Association of African Startups, a Pan-African organization with membership presence in the 55 countries in Africa, equipping startup entrepreneurs with resources required to build sustainable businesses with a view to rebuilding the African economy. She is a certified global market intelligence expert for telling market trends in sectors, industries, nations, and governments with a view to helping African economies compete competitively and competitively with global economies. She is the president of the Just TV Foundation, a non-governmental organization organizing communities and empowering widows and orphans in Africa. Also the lead consultant at the Just TV company, a management consulting firm with key focus on sales, marketing, digital strategy, business communication, sustainable economic development, strategy, markets, research, and intelligence, and the co-founder of Inspired Tech, a startup tech company, revolutionizing content creation, distribution, and sales. She's a certified sustainable development expert from the International Business Management Institute, a certified behavioral economy and marketing psychology expert, a certified economic growth and development expert, and a certified government economic policy expert. She is currently a MBA student of University of South Wales, United Kingdom, a certified management specialist in time management with distinctions from the London Graduate School. As a trained management consultant, she combines her experience as Bank of ATS working with SMEs to deploy marketing and sales strategies that position African startups to grow businesses that they can totally rely on to build the Africa we desire. In the last five years, she has helped over 10,000 startups across the world create consistent revenue in their business. In 2021 and the decade, she is on a mission to replicate this result for 1 million African startups. She is said to be the bridge between the Africa today and the Africa we desire. Her methods and strategies are not typical as she works with both the emotional, psychological, and spiritual aspects of her audience customers, beneficiaries, and the various stakeholders to get them resolved. She believes that Africa is where it is because our minds have been empowered to produce mediocre results. Therefore, she's on a mission to annihilate that across all expressions. She is specifically great with identifying the one thing that serves as the bridge between what you desire and your results. Please join us as we welcome just Omomo Ibe to Silent General. Thank you so much for honoring this invitation. Thank you for your passion for Africa. Thank you for your passion for Nigeria. You know, she was on this morning declaring over the Nigerian nation that we need to arise and take our place. We're bigger than we are. And obviously the plans to God for this nation is bigger than we are. Such a joy to have this great woman join us. Please glean wisdom as she's sharing and we'll be having this conversation with her about this 
issues, and I'm so sure, and I have this um, resolute confidence in my heart that she's going to be talking down the surface. She's going to be sharing with us deep insights, deep wisdom. I want you to listen beyond just your ears. Let the eyes of your heart be open as you listen to her this afternoon. And we're going to just, you know, start out by giving us the opportunity to also be on the profile to introduce ourselves to us. Who is just eBay? Where is she coming from? And where is she now? Yeah, um, but generally, who am I? I'm just a woman who is recklessly chasing after the heart of God. That's just what it is. I want all there is to him. That's mm. just, that's the totality of who I am. And in chasing after him, I begin to manifest him. So everything I manifest from today to the rest of my life, variation of God, is by virtue of chasing after him that all of those things begin to come out. So that's just who I am, my darling. Let's leave it at I recklessly chasing after the heart of God. Every other thing will add up. Thank you very much, ma'am. Um, what I ask you, because for a while now, I just perceive that we might go a little bit out of structured questions to what is particularly in your heart that is burning. I just perceive I need to draw that out for as many young persons that are listening. Because I've been following you for a while and I realized there's been a shift from the just things that you want the younger generation to actually hold on to and glean. And I want to just speak to the fact that what happened, because we're talking about the defining moment in your life. I realized just watching you and I'm just following you for a while, I realized there's been a shift between the just eBay that was just entrepreneurial and passionate about just doing encouraging and helping startups to one that is visionary, that is looking at a, a continental shift. What transpired that, that brought about this change and this visionary mindset? Okay, good. Thank you so much. Um, you know, when the scripture says that when we behold Jesus, we begin to become images of him. As human beings, we were wired to behold God, to see us in him. So every time you function outside that beholding, what you function in is mediocrity. That means it's only what your eyes can see that you function in. Right? But the minute you begin to behold him and walking in him, he begins to press out what is inside of you that he's kept latent that you couldn't see. So that means there are things in you that you will never see until you begin to behold God so that he can bring it out. And in my case, as I'm as I was, as hardworking as I was, doing everything I was doing, I was still functioning at a miniature level of my potential. I was still fun- functioning at a, what I call infinitesimal. It's so small. And this cuts across every human being on earth. No matter the level of success you have achieved today, if it's outside the auspices of what God has in stock for you, it's small. So the minute God put his hand on me, he started to show me to say, Joss, I love your passion, right? And a typical case study is that of Saul. Paul was chasing the people of God with a level of zeal and passion. But God was looking at that passion and saying, if I lay my hands on this passion, I can replicate it 1,000 times. And that's why it looked like Paul that looked like the least qualified had access to the highest kind of revelation and so that's what god has decided to do with me to say i like your passion let me show you what's bigger that you can do with it and in yielding he begins to birth a higher higher level of pursuit that yes i'm still passionate i'm still doing what i seem to be doing but it's a higher level of pursuit because i'm chasing after the things that seems like they're beyond me that seems like in my physical strength i will not be able to do them but with latching onto him and holding onto him he's able to lead me gradually and so the passion you see, the consistency you see, deep interest you see in me. It's not something that a man can do. It's something that you can become when you hold on to God. It begins to press it out of you gradually. So yeah, the shit for me is the hand of God coming on top of me and saying, I've made you for more. 
if you let me hold your hand, then I'll press out the more and you present me powerfully in all the places I've called you to represent. Wow, that's awesome. For a young person starting a journey in their life, what will you speak to them about how they should be able to navigate out of self, out of what I want? to something bigger than them, like you captured. You've captured something, a vision that is bigger than you. It's not just about what you are seeing. It's about what you are being shown and what mm. you capture. How can a young person transit? So basically, um, Lara, I'm going to be as honest as possible with you guys and with every young person who may be listening to this. Outside yourself, by yourself, you can hardly catch a compelling vision. And if you do catch a compelling vision by yourself, you're going to burn out because you don't need, you need a higher power to be able to help you achieve this thing. So in order for you to get sold into a bigger vision, what you need to do is say to God, Father, this is what I have in my hand that is so-called a business, a mandate or career. I need you to put your hand on it and begin to show me what your own dimension is of this particular thing. It's basically kind of small business you have in your hand. That small idea. That mandate you have in your hand. Eh? Everything you have in your hand to say Father, show me your own dimension inside this thing. Show me what you want to use it for. And then God begins to show you the bigger version of that picture or bigger picture of that vision or of that business of that mandate. Because everything you get an idea from, most times, is from God. But once you get ideas, what happens to people is they begin to become very self-sufficient. So when God gives you an idea or a vision, what he's really trying to say to you is come up higher. Meaning come up higher, there's bigger, I want to show you. But what people do is they begin to run with it. They begin to run with it because they believe they understand strategy. They believe they understand marketing. They believe they understand sales. But God is saying, no, come with it. I showed you why I'm telling you to come. It's like you're telling a child, I want to give you chin chin, right? But you give him one chin chin because you want to give him the full pack. You're telling him to come so that you can give him the full pack. So when God gives you an idea, a vision, a mandate, it's because, because he's trying to say to you, come. I want to show you how big this thing is. How I want you to do it. Where I want you to go with it. When I want you to start. So basically, take that vision. Take that idea, take that money and say, God, I submit it back to you. Show me what, where, and how you want to use this thing. At that point, you're surrendering it to say, though you got the idea, though you may have um, some level of brilliance to be able to run with that idea, but you are going to depend on him. Show you exactly what it is he wants to. So basically, what will begin to happen is that once you release it onto him, he begins to show you bigger versions, bigger yeah, parts of that know. vision, of that particular vision or mandate, and he can use this for himself. I want to speak to the hearts of many young people that are starting out in life. They tend to have these big dreams, these big ambitions. This is who I want to become. This is where I see myself in the future. Many young people have been raised through different institutions, the family, the school, religious bodies, to have a vision, to have a picture of where they are going, to want to pursue something, to want to live a life that has meaning. If you're going to speak based on your experience where you are today and the things that you've been opened up to, what will you say or how will you speak to a young person that is just starting out and all these ideas, all these institutions are shaped and put this mindset in them that just you're growing up. Tell it in the context of Africa and Nigeria, an average parent give birth to a boy mm. and says, I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be an engineer. I want you to become a petroleum engineer or a chemical engineer. Every young person grows up from different backgrounds with almost similar expectations. How mm. do we 
balance this expectation and capture vision? So majority of the times we live in Nigeria or in a continent where you may not even have a say over what your family says you should become. And you find that most of us will go to school, get a degree, get the upbringing. We don't choose the families we're born into. We go into those families, right? And once we grow, it becomes our responsibility to begin to navigate the new areas of life that will make us become who we should be. No matter the institutions that have shaped you up until now, that was your path. What you now need to do is you need to align with the schooling that can help you sort out your path in alignment with your future. And that seems like a lot, but I'm going to unpack it as we go on in this conversation. What that simply means is, so you have gone to school, you have studied medicine, and your father said, go get a job in medicine. I mean, go get a job as a doctor. And you're working as a doctor, but every day you go to work, you are saying that, see, I'm not meant to be here, or I'm just passing time here. Or you have been sent to school, and you finish, and you got a job to come and work in a school. But your mind is telling you, this school I'm in, I'm not supposed to be here, I should be in ministry, right? But you recognize that there are bills to be paid, there's a family to be taken care of, there's a father that you need to send money to. All of these things are clashing with destiny. So you now begin to ask yourself as a young person, how do I navigate these things? The simple answer really, like I said, is to take it back to God and say, Father, you created me. And when you were creating me, there was a manual. Every human being on earth has a manual. It's like every car that comes from a manufacturer has a manual. A car begins to malfunction when things begin to go wrong in the overall architecture that the car was built upon. Give different kind of mechanics that had no... That's why you give this mechanic to them before you know your built. You probably just learn from one place or the other how to put it and that. But once you go back to a Toyota that created a Toyota car and you said that you want to service it, there are chances to take them 20 minutes to look through their system and pinpoint what is wrong because they are Toyota. They built the car. I suppose when you take it to a mechanic, a mechanic will tell you, ah, let us try whether it's this one. When they finish that one, let us try another one. You keep trying until the car breaks down finally. It's the same way with you. Your manual is in God. So once you get to a stage in your life where you know, well, you have done what mommy said you should do. You are now a doctor. But your life still is not balanced because right deep within you, you see and you know that there is more. You begin to go back to the manufacturer to say, you created me, father. And when you created me, there is a manual. In this stage of my life, where should I be? What should I be doing? How should I be doing it? And what this means really is us coming into a dev level of relationship where his Lord and mighty. Meaning you dedicate your life to chasing and following after him. Relationship with God is not, I want to go and get what I want to get and go. Unfortunately, that's how a lot of us use God. We go there, we pray and fast for three days because we want something done. And God in his mercy, he will give you what you're asking. But you see, when you are done getting what you came to ask, you become stuck again. Why? Because your relationship is based on, I want to go and get and I come out. So you find that others are living their life based on articulation. It looks like they're precise. They know where to go. They know what to do. Everything is adding up. Why? Those ones are spending time in that relationship. So as a young person who has gotten to that stage in their life where you seem like there is conflict between vision and your life right now, go surrender to a relationship. If we just go and pray and fast and ask God, what's my purpose? As far as I'm concerned, there's no such thing, right? It's an assignment that you find out purpose. Meaning, God, what should I be doing? Where would you have me go? Typical case study. Prophet Isaiah. Where, who shall we send? He said, send me. Right? In him, availing himself to be sent. See how God used him mightily. So instead of praying, what's my purpose? Say, what do you want me to do now with my life for your purpose? 
if he, you following him, sometimes to be, okay, do this every day, day after day, because he wants to watch your faithfulness. And based on your faithfulness, you now say, okay, let me carve a niche for this girl, stay in this place and money. Because whether we like it or not, the system of heaven and the system of the kingdom is also a governmental system. Meaning before responsibility is handed over to somebody, your steward, your stewardship, your faithfulness will be tested. So if in every day show up and pray on Instagram live, and you think, ah, is this all my life is about? Just be praying. And while you're praying and doing this faithfully, God is watching. God is watching. And one day you just say, okay, you know what? We want to liberate Uganda. Let's pick this girl who has faithfully prayed for 30 days. I want to say for every young person, stop chasing what is my purpose and start saying, how can I be useful to your agenda? When Jesus was coming to the earth, he did not say, what's my purpose? In the Godhead, who shall we send? Jesus said, send me. Meaning in the agenda of God, you make yourself useful. Once you make yourself useful, everything else would align for you, for your essence, your truth, you know, whatever it is God wants to do with you to begin to manifest. So that's really how I want young people to begin to live their lives in deep relationship and fellowshiping with God and availing themselves to be useful to his purposes in life because it's not really about you. You weren't sent here because of you. You didn't know you were going to exist. You came from somewhere. And once you have that understanding, your job is to go back from that place where you came to say, why did you send me here? What posture would you want me to go handle on your behalf? And as we're going there, it begins to unravel, right? And in my case, very typically, every day is an assignment. When God said it was Africa, I did not know across the way I was to start doing intercession for different countries, right? But like I said, once you begin to align with him in relationship, he begins to send you every day to do different things. And based on your stewardship, your faithfulness with those assignments, you now determine how he's going to really establish you, establish you. And the scripture says about King Jehoshaphat that he chased after the heart of God with every desire. And what did God do? Establish his kingdom. So in order for you to be established on the face of the earth, you need to chase after the heart of God, relationship, fellowship doing the things he wants you to do, then every other thing by way of your life will be sorted in him always. Wow. I believe every young person has heard this because in every generous word are their secret. And you're hearing what just is sharing with us. That don't just look to God and say, God, you know what? I just want to get something out of you and how. You need to stay, have a relationship. And you are faithful in that relationship. It can establish you. It can give you things you will still work for him. And what he finds you faithful, it keeps giving you more responsibilities. As you are accountable to him, it gives you more responsibilities. I love that. Now, I want to ask you, how do you define life? If you're asked, okay, what's your definition of life? What would it be? The simplest term, life is a journey of becoming. Because God's ultimate desire is that every one of us become a spitting image of Jesus. That's God's ultimate desire. That's why I said you are joint heirs with Christ. That means we have an inheritance waiting. But that's our inheritance is dependent on us being called a joint heirs. Do you see what I'm saying? So that means your journey through life is a journey of becoming a spitting image of Christ. Yeah. And when I say spitting image of Christ, it doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. It doesn't mean you have to be a preacher. It's in the nature of God. Mm-hmm. The scriptures were made in the image and likeness of God. What does the image of God mean? Nature. The likeness of God. Character. That means your journey through life is a life of becoming the nature of God and having the character of God. What's the nature of God? Love. Right? Mm-hmm. Love. Nature of God. Love. What's the character of God? All the bad, bad things that we should not do. Right? Integrity. Because when God says it, does it. Honesty. Those things. The character of God. And so we're going through life re- 
are impeding us from becoming like Jesus. Do you see that the totality of this life is for us to just become like Jesus? Because the reason why our world is like this is because there's no love. If you restore love on planet Earth today, everything will be fixed automatically. Everything. So the enemy attacked the one thing that he knows will prevent you from becoming like Christ. Because when you are like Christ, nothing can defeat you now. That's what it is. Nothing. When you, are, when you become like Christ, you lay down your life. Your life is not taken. Christ was not killed. He laid down his life. Do you see? So for me, life is really a journey of becoming that. Every day I'm searching my heart. I'm making sure that there is no thought in my heart that is accommodating evil, jealousy, contempt, covetousness. I'm daily searching my heart. I watch somebody's post and my heart tells me somehow. I will go back to God and say, Father, I don't like the way my heart feels when I read it. It's something that is not to be fixed. It's a journey of becoming like Jesus. I relate with my domestic staff and I'm treating her in a certain way that is not God. I go back to God and say, Father, this is not you. Check it. But if you don't have that consciousness, you think life is about buying the best houses in the world, you will go through life becoming an exact opposite of Jesus and make ends. So we live in a world that has prioritized the wrong things, which is fulfillment. The best cars, the best house, the best schools, everything. King Solomon does the world, yes. You need to go read Ecclesiastes. You will understand. This single thing is the vanity of our vanity. That's not to say God does not want you to enjoy the best of life. He does want you to enjoy the best of life. But not at the expense of your becoming like Jesus. Nothing is worth it. I was saying to my mentors the other day, I said, listen, I don't care what the enemy throws at you, but nothing on this earth, no man on earth, no woman born of a fool, should be able to divert what God is trying to press out of you. Because she kept telling me how different people are doing, how different things. I said, all this is a manifestation. Nobody should be able to distract you from what God is trying to press out of you. Because when God is trying to make you love, what kinds of people will try to make you hate them? Why? Because Satan yeah. sees that you're trying to become love. So he will throw everything at you. This morning we had an event and everything that could go wrong went wrong. But I know what the devil was trying to make me do was to be angry before the event. So imagine you're going to pray for a nation and you're going there with anger. But I said, mm. I said nothing. Even if nobody shows up, I will need that and I will say to my father. I maintain that state of heart. I did that because I recognize that, listen, it's all about becoming like Jesus. It's not about anybody else. So what you do to me does not determine how I respond to you. Never. Because it's not about you. What I respond is depending on how will Jesus respond. So truly, this journey called life is really a journey of becoming like Jesus. And I know that this may sound very weird to somebody who may not have encountered the Holy Spirit at a deeper level. When you encounter the Holy Spirit, it's not enough to speak in tongues. It's really about allowing Him to do a work in your life. Because the evidence of the Holy Spirit in you is the fruit. Yeah. So we find that we have so many people who know God don't have fruit. That's why I said life is a journey of becoming like Christ. Because the only thing that we're circumstanced about Jesus is those fruit. Even when an adulterous woman was brought to Him, and everybody wanted to kill her. He said, who he who is without sin has the best. You would think that the custodian of the law, Jesus is the law. You would think that the custodian of the law that wrote, do not commit adultery was going to be the one to say, kill her first. Mm. But no, no. He looked and said, who he who is without sin? We are humans, so it's not our law. The owner of the law, let her forgive her. So you can understand that at every point, your life should be, what will Jesus do? What would Jesus say? Mm. How would Jesus respond? How would he think about it? How, that is how your life should be. And when you live your life like that, let me tell you what will happen. Did mm? Jesus have access to you? begin to have access to them. That's why Jesus mm. said in the scripture, yeah. if you believe in me, greater works. He, did, he created an architecture for you to become like him and more. If you mm. just follow these principles. And you see, since I unlocked this in the scriptures, I started to say to myself, I said, my ability to manifest greater works than Jesus did is dependent on me, nobody else. Yeah. 
And so I have put that at my core. Facing and saying, my own journey is just about Jesus. I want to be like him. I want to be like him. And because I'm focused on that, every day I become better and better and better. As I behold him, what I begin to go and that's really what it is, conform to the image of him. So everybody who is listening this life truly the journey of becoming like Jesus. Everything else. Wow. Why did you wonder that why did Jesus mm. have a house? Why didn't he have a car? Why didn't he have all those things? It's not because he couldn't have it. At every point when he needed to pay bills, he would tell you go to the mouth of peace and the money will come out. So he knew he had access to those things. But what he was trying to say to us is those things are not they're not the most important thing. Satan just came to masquerade yeah. to us to say, if you don't eat food, you will die. Yeah. Uh, because Satan came to, yes, he came to masquerade, he came to manipulate everything. Now, if somebody has not eaten from morning to night, they can sell their soul for food. Why? Manipulation. Uh, Manipulation. What happened to the apostles that they were preaching from one place to the other, they didn't have a house to say, did they die? This is what's going on on the uh, earth today. Wow. So really, if we all can come back to that place where we know that life is about becoming like Jesus, all the challenges we see as challenges will reduce. They'll begin to look like mole hills instead of mountains. Yeah. And then we can easily navigate destiny without obstruction. So that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, you know, I've been saying that, you know, this conversation is, is going to go down to the surface, you know, and go into the, I believe we've been able to glean wisdom because this is practical wisdom. It's not enough. It's not about what you said. It's about becoming. And that's so strong. She highlighted that very strongly. And I want us to get it. It's about becoming. Who are you becoming? What's the nature of your becoming? What's the likeness of your becoming? It's so important. That should be the focus. And not about what you want to possess, what you want to have, and the have and the have not. And it's going to lead me to my next question. You know, many young people, you know, get to a point where they are so pressured and they just feel, you know what, some families are better than mine. It has been privileged to be born into a family that was as well to do, or they had access to certain things or privileges in life. I won't be where I am. My life would have been better than this. And there are different, you know, scenarios and things that just play up in the minds of young people around their family. I want you to share with us, the, the family you were born in, how has it contributed in any way to who you have become, to your life experience? Everything we see as a disadvantage, in the hands of God, is an advantage. Let me say it again. Everything you may see as a disadvantage, in the hands of God, is mostly an advantage on the lens upon which you are looking at. Mm. Family you think you came out from, that the enemy tried to use in keeping you down, God has made it for good because God wanted you to see something from there that mm. will up the greatness in you. Mm. I needed to debunk that before I go into my own story. In my own case, I came out from a very average home. My parents were average. I mean, average upbringing. Average. But in living in an average home, what it did to me was it made me know that I never see in my life. Mm. So at a young age, I decided that I was not going to handle them. I was not. Because kept the resolution within me, somewhere within my spirit. Because as young as I was then, I used to tell my mom that, ah, mommy, why can't people do business? You have civil servants and all we do is wait and wait and wait for salary to come. Can't you do I kept telling my mother repeatedly, repeatedly. But I don't know how I even understood that there was business as young as 8, 9 years, level 12. I don't know how I understood, right? But like I said, there are so many things we went through growing up as children, but all of those things don't matter as far as I'm concerned. Because in the hands of God, the raw material to press out the greatness in Because God made us go through that for me to see what mediocrity looks like and for me to make sure it's never the same for mm. generations after Because we want to use you as an example to change generations. Mm. A typical example of Benzeri Dahosa, he said he was so poor 
As in, you need to read his biography. He was so bored that when God called him, he told God, he said, all these past, all your people, all the people that I see that are serving you, they are borrowing this, they can't, if you are going to come here and, and be like that, please don't call me, I don't want to call. I don't want to. So he told God, ho her. That if God is calling men of God and see how they are looking, that he doesn't want to walk. God now said to him, I'm going to use you as an example. So because he was coming from an upbringing that he knew poverty, he understood what life should never be like. That's why I was able to tell God, I don't want poverty, poverty will come. So imagine if he had had a very normal upbringing, normal upbringing, you know, wealthy upbringing. He would have understood what he meant to detect poverty. And God would have been able to use him to press out a level of influence and wealth that had never been there anywhere in the world. So every time you look at where you're coming from and you think it's a disadvantage, you're looking at it from the wrong leg. You're looking at it from the absolute wrong leg. So yes, something was done to use. Yes, you went through abuse. Yes, you went through all kinds of things. Take that abuse to God. You will be shocked what you will press out of it. You will be absolutely shocked what you will press out of it. Because what you will press out of it, people will forget. You, even you, you will not even be able to place plus a graph between the disadvantage and where he will take you to. If you yield that. So in my case, my upbringing was a pointer to the kind of life I should never live. And for most of us who will be listening to this now and future, wherever you are coming from, it's a pointer to the fact that is greater. And if you yield yourself, what you will find is that God will begin to show you absolutely how you can do better or be better or even overcome all the different You are not actively hearing them from him. He's going to begin to lead you to specific teachers who have been great or, you know, housed with the with capacity to be able to help you become a better person. That's, yeah, that's really what it is. So never look at where you're coming from as the time for where you're going. Because even you, where you are at now, the family you are building right now, 10 years later, I mean, 20 years from now, your children will look at that and say, what kind of upbringing did I have? And in your mind, you think you did the best. You see what I'm saying? Mm. In your mind, you think you gave them the best. Yeah. When your children 20 years ago will say, what kind of upbringing was that? I need to change my mindset from where I'm coming from. And in your mind, you did the best. So best is relative. Best is, re- revelation of best is progressive. What was good today, what mm. you think is good today, 100 years from now, will be just Yes. Mm. Right now, Lara, we are struggling to do miracles. 100 years from now, Jesus will be walking on the earth. Mm. Everyone you turn is Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So revelation of God and who God is is progressive. Every day is going to get bigger. So stop holding on to what you think you knew five years ago. It's too small. Get into what is new now about God. And you press in in that level where even you, you are getting first-hand information from Toro. Mm. You are updated mm. on what's going on. If God is giving you first-hand information of what's going on in Toro, you think you will live your own life the way it is. No, now. Well, yeah, you can't be rolling with God and be a chicken. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. roll with God and be a chicken. If you begin to roll with God, He's going to make, make, make you begin to think like Him, act like Him, do like mm-hmm. Him. You start removing nonsense that does not look like Him so that you can be His body. The reason why most of us are still struggling with things that are stronghold is because we are not, you are half in, half out. That's selecting the one you will take and the one you will leave. So mm-hmm. go in for the full haul and you will find that wherever you are coming from has no hold whatsoever on you because He's able to take them out. Awesome, awesome. I think you dived right into the next question about mistakes and how it defines the young person's life. You know, you mentioned to us that see, the disadvantage you're looking at is because you're looking at it through a wrong lens. You need to see it through the lens of God. What you think is the disadvantage, you know, oftentimes I'm always inspired by the story of Dresnea. And you look at that woman today, you can't connect the abuse. 
you can't connect where she's coming from, the kind of background she was coming from, the kind of abusive background she was coming from, to where she is today. And truly, I believe it, that the living testimonies of this truth. So forget about where you're coming from. Look at it through the right lens. Let God use that mistake, that mess, and make a testimony out of it. Let him use it. I love the word that I rephrased it. It said, take it to God and let him, you'll be shocked at what he will press out of that disadvantage. It's important for us to always know that it's not about where you're coming from. If you can upgrade, many of us, what we just need to do is upgrade. You will stay on this level for too long. We need to just upgrade to the class of God. And we will start seeing things from a different perspective. Thank you so much just for that. I'm just going to move on to the next question about moral decadence. We live in a world where what used to be abnormal, you've mentioned a bit of that, but we want to talk about the state of moral decadence in our society. What used to be abnormal some five, ten years ago are now acceptable, are now the new normal in this time. This generation are speaking to the fact that they are living in a different moral society where there's so much decadence, it's prevalent, good morals are no longer involved. The kind of people that uh, are being celebrated and not those that actually put out the best of value. How will you speak to this? What should a young person do to get out of your disquagmire? Thank you very much. Uh, darkness is celebrated because you are quiet. Mm. I'll say that again. Darkness is widely acceptable as something like wildfire because light is quiet. Between darkness and light, there's no need to tell you what's stronger. If a room is ex- if a room is so dark, even the devil cannot find his way inside the dark room. <laughs> Giving an example, right? I don't know if you get me. It, let, I'm using the example of a yeah. physical dark room. A, for a very dark room, no matter how strong and powerful you are, you can't see inside darkness. You automatically become blind. But the minute light is turned on, what has turned on? What happened? You begin to see. So it's obvious that darkness is what the world does not need. But the reason why darkness mm. is overcrowded is because light refused to turn on. So instead of us shouting about darkness, turn on the light. Mm. Instead of us shouting that darkness is doing everything, turn on the light. How do you turn on the light? Your small sphere of influence. So we have so many believers who are afraid to mix God and their business on their faith because they say, ah, I can't be talking about Jesus for my people. Mm. Meanwhile, does mm. darkness consult you to use their faith for darkness? No. You see that the difference between us and darkness mm. is on darkness. Really, the difference. Mm. That even when light begins to turn on, turn on the light, light other fellow light are the ones starting and saying you are turning it on too much. Mm. <laughs> you know nothing. And you begin mm. to talk about Jesus, they begin to tell you people who are believers like you that are light bearers like you begin to tell you now let you know Jesus. Take him easy now. Meanwhile, mm. darkness is not taking it easy. Darkness has entered into online courses. You buy online courses from the world where there's new age doctrine inside. There's vibration inside. Mm. There's demonism. Inside online courses in the West, all those courses you buy, they will tell you practice mm. meditation. Uh, mm. Before you know it, demonism mm. is spreading like wildfire. So they have the guts to put demonism inside online courses that you buy with your money. Meanwhile, you as a believer, you put online courses, you are scared of calling Jesus inside. Who is allowing darkness to spread? Uh-huh. It's as simple as that. When you have asked this question, stop causing darkness to turn on the light. You turn on your light. So you see me unapologetically talk about Jesus everywhere. It's not because I'm stupid. It's because I recognize that we have been quiet for too long about Jesus. If people want to call Holy Spirit, they'll say HS. What do you mean? What do you mean? HS. In our attempt to turn down Jesus. The good one is the one we are turning down. The bad one is carrying it 
on his head and fucking it everywhere. At five naira. True, true. So my darling sister, the moral decadence, everything turning upside down. That crazy celebrated is because we have refused to take this battle head on and fight it as we fought. And you know the irony of this is that we have the backing of heaven that is more powerful than any other one. I mean, heaven is, there's no comparison between hell and heaven. Mm. We have this bucket. We have mm. refused. And again, it's an architecture of the devil. For him to pass up to conversation, even among believers, to say, cannot talk about Jesus on certain platforms. What does that mean? Why? So because they called me to the United Nations. All these people are United Nations, I didn't know. Like if I talk Jesus, something will happen to them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They say it seems up. What, what seems up? What seems up? Who created them? Wouldn't be like that. That we can know how to carry the name of God swiftly, yeah. even into boardrooms. We can know how to carry the presence of God softly mm. into boardrooms. We can know how to carry the presence of God and the power of God into political meetings and arenas. And we enter into a place we can legislate as kings and priests. All of those things is embedded in the wisdom and power of God. If we yield ourselves, we have so many people who are too full of themselves. They are not dead to the flesh yet. So they want to be politically right, politically acceptable, and they can't risk their reputation. Mm. Meanwhile, Jesus risked his reputation as the Godhead to die for you. The day God, the day Jesus told me that thing, I broke and I cried like a child. He said, just, I sent you to do something. So yes, you are, you are not able to miss up with the financial obligations, this, this, this. And all of a sudden, you feel like you are ashamed. So do you know what it means when I was on the cross and they were telling me, the day I said, I can pull down temple and build it down in three days. Yes. I cannot save myself. Mm. So the conversation Jesus was saying to me, he said, do you know what it means that I have to swallow that because I must die for you? If I didn't have a reputation, if I had a reputation, do you think that I will not call heaven and they will destroy all of them at all? He said, so all of you are like this because you have a reputation to protect. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> he said, you all have a reputation to protect. That's why it's difficult for you to carry me. Mm. But the minute you risk, it means you lose your reputation, Nothing stands the power to tell you not to call Jesus. Yes. And I'm just saying that literally, that being used as a vessel at any point in time. Every time God sends you somewhere, there's an agenda. It's not your agenda. Yeah. Trying so to go back and ask, what, what are we going to do here, sir? But no, we have people who are too full of self, who have a reputation, who must defend their qualifications. Mm. So darkness is mm. every day, like wildfire. Every day, wow. like wildfire. Why should we go for a beat? And darkness is there, light is there. Meanwhile, darkness will win and light. Why? Mm. Have you not gone to settle it in the strong room? Why? Anyway, this is just what I really need to say here. We wow. all need to turn on our light and stop crossing darkness. Wow. So the, the issue is also not celebrate the darkness by talking too much about Yes. We, we need to just turn on the light. Yes. We just need yes. to be the light. Yes. We need that's to right. show. And that's what the Senate Island General is about. You know, you know, I was just excited in my heart when you're sharing this because this is a Exactly the mandate. They said, okay, you're, you're complaining about young people being censored by musicians and actors. How are you putting out my people? Are you allowing the younger generation to see the alternative? Are you allowing them to see there's an alternative to what is prevailing? And that's really what the silent generous is about. People that are doing God and making people that are actually shining the light in the midst of the thick darkness and they are doing great work. That's what it's about. So I, I believe every young person listening in is, is catching it. You're getting it. This is your alternative. And this is true. This is it. You cannot be ashamed of Christ. You can't want to rise in Christ and be ashamed of it. 
it won't work. Except you're looking for another platform. If the platform must be Christ, you must live and show. It's so important. And I love that you highlighted that for us. Just I'm so excited about it. Now, I want you to speak to, because I'm sure many of you are now okay, now that I'm going to fix my reputation, where I'm going to put my life on the line and say, you know what, hope I'm, I'm going to be comfortable. You know, it, 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 it looks as if this generation is about this rich, quick, and armor now skin. This is the mindset of young people. You know, their friends will tell them, what, is, what are you talking about? It's all about the point, because that's what the society celebrates. What will you speak to young people about this mindset? So basically, two things I want us to understand today is that if you are going to go very far in life and sustain the height you want to go in life, you're going to have to allow God carry you. Let me say it again. Satan doesn't give anything that lasts forever. He's the only wicked person I know that will give you something today. And you want to collect 100 more of it next tomorrow. So we're going to have to allow God to carry us in places where only him can carry us in within the time that he can carry us. And let's be honest. Let's look through the history of time. Everyone that has worked for things, is there anyone that lasts? What do you want to do to count? Because I don't think the world takes their time to count. Can you just take your time and count? Everybody that has been empowered by Satan from the days of Bible, Nebuchadnezzar, what happened? Did you know it's grass? Line, line. What happened to Pharaoh? Did water not swallow him eventually? Give me anyone. What happened to Jezebel? Did dog not eat her body? Give me any name you can mention. Be mentioned, I will tell you their, their, I will tell you their ending. They never ended well. That means Satan doesn't give anything that's sustainable. He will take it back worse. So, if you're a young person who can take your time and look at through Bible history, then look at world history again. Everybody who had become rich in a funny way, what happened? It will catch up with them. But there's not one person that has been empowered by God that did not last forever. Those are the names we read up until now. Elijah, Moses. Joshua, yeah. Isaiah, all of them, Paul, Timothy, the list is endless of all the men who, by the way, Luke was a doctor, Apostle Luke was a doctor, before he now entered into ministry, right? Paul was a real estate, before he entered into ministry. Everybody who was empowered by God, they are the ones whose name were immortalized, whose impact mm-hmm. were immortalized. Do you know what I'm saying? Even the wealth King Solomon built, it was through the power of God. It was not something he did supernaturally. He came from the lineage of David. Because of David's work with God, God blessed him stupendously. Forgive me for using that word. He was so blessed that his generation, 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 the wealth still remains. That's only God that can give that kind of blessing. You and I have access to Father Abraham today. Why? Because it's only God that can give that kind of blessing. Uh What does that go to show you? And there was no king on earth that was as prosperous as King Solomon. Meaning the kind of money God gives, I'm sorry, there's nobody and oh. like a matchup. And I need you to understand that. I'm saying that from a place of personal encounter, not just oh. reading books. Because when you begin to walk with God, He begins to show you the things that exist. You'll be like, ah, God, only you have all these things. So as a young person, uh-huh. if you want to go quick, because oh, I know that there are some young people who will listen to this, I will still say, ah, don't worry, let me get the money first. When I enjoy it five years, I will not go and give my life to Christ. There are some young people in that, in that uh-huh. table, right? But you should know that God is not the one to be more. Uh-huh. I just want you to have that at the back of your mind. You can outsmart yourself, you can't outsmart God. He's watching you. He is uh-huh. watching you. And remember that there is an accuser, right? Uh-huh. It's a different thing. <laughs> There's an accuser, because the accuser too, knows that you decided in your mind that you enjoyed for five years. Yeah. Almost as though, God, so you want to take this one that I want to play you at this. I'm just giving an example. That's not to say that's how God thinks. But I'm just saying that as young people, if you can take your time and go through history of time, Bible days, 
after Bible days, the people who have enjoyed the blessings of God. They are people who truly, if we sit and study their lives, we see that only God can give lasting true blessings. And it's available for you and I today. All we need to do is avail ourselves completely to be used of Him and by Him. Wow. Strong counsel there. Well, he, he that has a year, let him hear. Yeah. It's only God that gives true blessing. And the Bible says it's a blessing, it's a blessing that makes rich and has sorrow. The devil would always come with sorrow. So that's important. So before we let you go, just we want to ask you how has education shaped your life? How has learning, you know, I know you, you, you are still an ardent learner, but how has education shaped your life? What are the things you give yourself to? What has education done for you? So basically, there is a formal education and basic education, and there is the education that you give yourself once you find what God wants to do with you, right? And that's where alignment is very important. When God speaks to you about the future that he has seen that you haven't seen, your job is to align with him so that he can raise you to become that person. And that means that he's going to school you. Sometimes you have formal education, sometimes basically scriptural education, but mostly education where he's showing you where and how, what to do. Because it's not even only to just go and get schooled. Most times it's good if you allow him to send you on the exact journey. And you should go on. Even in personal development, so that you're not running left, right, and center. It's showing you specifically, go do this, go do this, go do this. And I find that in my life, majority of the things that have happened with me, he's sending me on specific journeys. Go and do this, do this, do this. And in six months, I have learned things that I have not been able to learn in 10 years together. Because... When he's working with you and directing you, what begins to happen is you function at a supernatural speed that nobody really can help you with if you're doing it by yourself. So yeah, I'm an adult learner of the word of God, very important. I'm an adult learner of the presence of God and what he does. And then I'm an adult learner of everything he says he wants to do with me that he has guided me to go left. Wow, that's awesome. So in, in closing, we just want you to share from your heart. What have been the lessons you've learned? Can you share with us some of the lessons you've learned in life that it's a precious gold or dwell that you, you can give to someone that you love? Do you know that just after asking that question, I can feel the Holy Spirit giggling within me. <laughs> <laughs> like I can literally feel him giggling. Say, yeah, she's going to talk about me. Yeah, she's going to talk about me. Literally, the best thing I would give you today as a gift and if you take it one year from now your life will never remain the same I can guarantee you you can take this one to the bank and draw any amount master your relationship with the Holy Spirit there you go if I begin to share with you things you need to master your relationship you know the Holy Spirit is the creative factor of the earth of the universe the Godhead God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit God the Father spoke the word which is Jesus the Holy Spirit was the doer so he's the creative force he's also also the executing force. Do you know what I'm saying? Because he hovered. As he was hovering. Yeah. God said light to be. So he's the, he's the creative dimension and the executing dimension. That oh. means the Holy Spirit, which is the Godhead, the third person, the Godhead, can use a man and turn into a final one. Oh. That means he can manifest the creativity that he used at that level, universal level. He can use it through oh. you and in you. There is an architecture. When you see the synergy with which the Godhead works, you will know that it's an architecture. Architecture oh. that there's no disrespect for each member of the body. See, they function at a level of synergy that everybody knows their role. No interference whatsoever. It's not like, you know, I have witnessed being in the center of the Godhead before where the three of them were talking at the same time. Oh. So I can explain to you that architecture. Immediately I saw that architecture, I knew there's something we need to master here. Oh. God the Father will speak. Jesus will speak. The Holy Spirit will sometimes explain. In that, like the three of them were talking to me at the same time. And there was no interference. 
There's no, okay, a hierarchy and God. You say, just what I'm saying. And this is the only person that knows the mind of God for now, for future, for forever. Yeah. So it's your destiny you are playing with if you don't master the Holy Spirit. Though. It's your uh. destiny, Gabadaya. I don't know how to speak this in English, but it's your destiny, Gabadaya. It's the person that can search. You want to know that you should take jam, he will go and search. You want to know that this is the man, he will go and search. You want to know that you should relocate, he will go and search. Because, like I said, your life is a manual. Uh. He just needs to go to page one. 44 chapter 32 of her life what should she be doing oh. <laughs> that at every point in time because he's the father of all spirits he knows what's going on in your mind he knows what's going on in the other person's mind so you oh. enter into a conversation you can become a magician because the only spirit is telling you what's in the other person's mind oh. so you are saying exactly what the person needs to hear for you to get the job don't you get it oh. Oh. he's the he's the master you enter into life mastering the holy spirit you have played life like a chess wow but I, at least since i understood that part i said walking in that dimension i enter into a room and i'm just smiling like a sheep you don't know because i'm hearing what's going on oh. he's telling me everything and i'm just watching so you see me play a card and the card is always the right card why i mastered that one thing oh. how do you master him Simple thing. Take him through your day. Start from that. Wow. See, take the Holy Spirit through your day. Don't leave the Holy Spirit and say, I want to pray. Holy Spirit, come at Tabernacle, yeah. The Spirit of the Lord, come down. The Spirit of the Lord is not supposed to come down only when you want to pray and fire. You should live through your day with him. As I'm talking to you, the Holy Spirit is talking to me. Like we go through the day together. I wake up, if I open my eyes, him I'm talking to first. What are we doing today? What am I reading today? How am I? Like, I want to pick a pants and earring and everything we are going through the day together. Oh. I want to eat, I'll be like, ah, should I eat or I should fast? He said, guys, just got you. We said you should fast, like, we yearning from morning to night. Like, we crack that kind of jokes with each other. Wow. So, you must make him your best friend. Like, he has to be like that. He's the closest person to me in this life. And I'm saying it unapologetically because he knows what goes on within me. Things that me and him know, we cannot tell anybody. You know that kind of bestie? Uh, and things me and him know, we can't tell anybody. I really mean tell uh, uh. So my greatest advice is master that relationship. It's not just to know him, Holy Spirit. Master it. Start uh. by taking him through. When you're taking him through, to be like an anxiety for you. Don't worry. It's for your good. Because uh, guess what? The Holy Spirit loves it. I, I kid you not, he loves it. Why? Because truly speaking, he lives within you. It's not rest. It's not just going and coming. Uh, it's there. You can assure you to lie and leverage. Yeah. And in one of those days, because my wala was too much, I can't disturb him. Hey, God. One day I now asked him, am I disturbing you somewhere? I had to ask him, am I disturbing you? He said, no, John. I'm here for you all the way. Anytime, any day. I'm here. And then one day, yesterday, he said to me, just I love it here. I love mm-hmm. it here. That's, I love it with, I love it here. Why? Because I have never relegated him for once. I don't, it's like a landlord and a tenant. You know, we used to treat Holy uh, Spirit as like tenants and we landlord. Uh, Wrong usage because don't share I are doing yourself. If you use him as tenant and you as landlord, you are using yourself. What as they say it in your back. I don't know if Lara can explain that to me. <laughs> <laughs> but once he's landlord and you are tenant, at every point in time, you are a champion. Yeah. So you can leverage you want to pass exams, you can leverage you want to enter boss. Anything in this life, you are struggling, any part of your life you are struggling with is because you haven't surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Uh, that, that should be the Formula 1 deliverance for somebody. Uh, There's any area of your life you are struggling with today is because you are still trying to solve it as a man. You haven't surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Uh, because if you surrender to the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean you won't have problems. But while you are going through problems, he will teach you how to navigate step 
by step. And once you are hearing move like this, move like this, it's no longer a problem because you are hearing what is happening. Mm. But we are dying of frustration because we are co- we don't even know what's happening to us. Yeah. Why? You haven't allowed him be Lord and mighty. Even if you are going through a turbulent marriage, stop being opinionated without allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. Meaning it's my right. He cannot treat me that mm. way. She cannot treat me this way. What's the Holy Spirit saying at that time? Does he require for you to shut up and just listen? Yes, you want to be you want to be right. So you see, sometimes, my darling sister and brother, everyone who is listening, we have challenges in our lives because we have not allowed the Holy Spirit to be in charge. So like I said, my greatest advice to anyone who cares to listen, master your relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you master it, one year after when you come and full look at you and say, now wow, is it the same God as we say? Wow. Yeah, so that's my, that's wow. what I'm asking you. Wow. <laughs> what a powerful, powerful gift at that. Because, you know, you just shared with us the truth. You know, it's not everyone that can swallow it. But if you will swallow it, the truth. Just, just share simple truth. You want to navigate, you want to understand, you want to be able to unravel the mysteries around your being. You can't do it outside. You need it. Wow. Thank you so very much. Just You know, I know my team will be saying, I'm just enjoying myself. This kind of conversation I love to have. You know, we can't, we must not shy away from Speaking the truth to ourselves. This is the life we've been called to. We can't afford to excuse it away or mm. shy it away mm. or try to turn around it. This is the life. Yes. So we're being you the truth. When the Lord said to us, a silent general, it wasn't because they are not generated because I've chosen to make them silent. But mm. your work is to amplify their silence. The things they are doing in the secret place. The relationship they are building in the secret place. Let young people see it. Mm. Let them treasure it. Let them attract this kind of life. Mm-hmm. And that's why the kind of people that the Lord has been leading us to and amazingly, mm. you know, some of my members, I'm sure they're listening in, they say, okay, do you know John? Have you met her before? I said, no. I said, but I'm going to send a message to her because that's what the Lord is going to accept because she will have the living to accept. And that has been the trend. God has mm. been so gracious to us. Everyone is on our heart to reach out to our choice. And it also resonates the same truth in their spirit. And there's this alignment. So what we're doing, yes, but it's a connection in the spirit because this is going to outlive us. Mm. We're putting legacy down, making sure that God's people are out there. The younger mm. generation has an alternative. Enough mm. is enough. There are many mm. people that innocently just going down the street because they are searching and they can't find. And God is saying, put it out there. Let mm. them be able to find it. Let them be able mm. to find these people and follow them. Paul was not ashamed to say, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I follow men, but the men that are following God. So as a young person, yes. you can follow a man, but make sure that person mm-hmm. is following God. Look at all that following Christ. You will know she's a woman. This is a woman that follows God. Mm. And when things follow her, and we're not ashamed to say that, did anybody recommend that your life is bigger than where you are? And you see, we are here mm. not just for ourselves, we are here for the next generation. We are not yet appeared what we like. And God is saying, go ahead. Go ahead of them and show them what they can become. Mm. Show them the kind of things 
I can do through them. If they will heal. Mm. God is just, just using us and we're just yielding to him so that you can heal. So it, mm. it's not because it's convenient. It's not because we have it all figured out. But he has the master plan. And we're all fitting into that blueprint. We're all just fulfilling our roles in that blueprint. So please just sacrifice it. Don't let it be in vain. I know if you're listening to me, something is being set up on your inside. That this, this they are talking about, I need to start doing it. This they are sharing is the life I must start living. Mm. And don't leave it till tomorrow. You don't just mention something very important. There's the accuser. He's out there. He's out there and all he's looking for. If he could accuse Joe, then guess what? There's so much. He's accused. Nothing rest. Day and night is there. He's there accusing the brethren. Yeah. And please, don't forget we have Jesus. He loves us so much. And he's also there. As we, yeah. we must yeah. know Jesus. Let us put all this to use. It's getting better and stronger every month. The Lord has been bringing us awesome anointed voices. Please listen. Listen to what the Lord is saying to you. Listen. Listen. If he's going to invest and create all this for you, you are inexcusable. You are so inexcusable. Something's been stirred up in my heart now. Wow. No, and I have to share it. When the devil accused Job, I mean, accused Job in front of God. <laughs> So I'm giving you everything you ever wanted in life. What makes you think that uh, he's serving you because he really wants to serve you? All these things, if they're not there, do you think he will still serve you? Mm. So many of you, who that will be the same case. Mm. Yes. And recently, my darling, I went through that phase in my life mm. where I literally could feel that it was a conversation of she has always had everything she wanted. She does this, you bless it. She does this, everything works. She bless it, everything works. See, whether this one does not work, whether she will still be there. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, I went through a phase in my life where I felt everything was. You will never understand what Job went through. Mm. You will never understand it. No, you can't. You can't. But when you look left, you look right, you feel like everything, they have tied it. And you begin to cast and bind, whether it's somebody following from the village. And God is just watching. Because he also wants to check your heart. Mm. Putting you through all kinds of fire to check your heart. So is it really because of things? Is it because of name? Is it because of fame? Is it because of opportunities? He's putting you through all kinds of fire. So let you know today that even in your work with God, you will go through steps. Again, so, so the Jesus' life, the journey of God becoming like Jesus is a life that will go through tests. Even Jesus said that be partakers of my suffering you can be partakers of my glory. Meaning if he could be nailed to the cross to go up, you are going to be nailed to a cross, not a physical cross this time around. You need to get that. And I, you know, we used to say it very until I, I went through my own things. I'm still even going through my own things. And every day I know what is doing me. The day Jesus came to tell me that it's me that do you that day I cried like a child. I cried like a child. I'm like, so Jesus is you. I'm like, yeah, because this needed, needed to be sorted. This one needed to be sorted. I needed you to learn this. So yeah. the devil thinks he's throwing attacks to you, but God is saying, allow that attack. Allow it. Allow it. Let me do it and do this. Do this in her life. Yeah. But devil in, his, devil in his stupidity, I don't know when, when he's going to learn, Sha. Oh, man, show me. I wonder, I wonder when he's going to learn. That every time he throws something, God is using it for something. I went through that phase in my life where it felt as though everything had. But what that did for me was take me deep. Yeah. <laughs> it even made me ascended into a realm that I was not in before. Yeah. So you see, just in saying this, 
I had another thing in my spirit and I'm going to say it. And it's, if the devil knows that what pushes you to God deeper is putting you through tests and temptation, he's not going to stop putting you through tests and temptation yeah, and start giving you prosperity. So that you start going on your own. Mm. So you need to be that person, whether in more, in less, God is your mm. penalty. Yeah. So that no matter the angle when you throw, it's deeper mm. and deeper mm. and deeper, that you will do him so that you go for straight. Then with the mm. tire, you need to understand, if they tire, he can leave a man for 50 years and go and regroup and come back after. Why? Because you are frustrated in living daylight out of him. Mm. So I just wanted to settle that, that <laughs> it will come. Don't say they say she follow Jesus. She follow Jesus and see all the things that are happening to you. One of the ladies who has been going with us on a 21-day journey on Instagram sent me a text that she started trying to do everything I have been teaching on Instagram. It looks like so many bad things have been happening to her. I said, yes, that's the devil's reaction. You are hitting mm-hmm. something. That's why he's coming. I said, don't expect it to be easier. But just keep going deeper in God. Because the more he sees you want to go deeper, the more he tries to throw different things that will make you not go deeper. But it will be your greatest mistake if you try and run out. Because it means he has caught you. So let the devil not say anything to you and saying this is her weakness. Mm, yeah. So you have to at every point. That's why I said the life, life journey called life is the journey of becoming like Christ. But at every point in time, you're closing every lacuna, lacuna that is called flesh and let, him, let it be, I want to be like Jesus. This is what I'm saying. And I have gone through the journey of dying to Oh, I have died. I have died again and again and again and again to the place so that every time I render the devil useless. Uh, the journey is still far, right? But let us settle our minds that it's a journey. And while you're going through that journey, just like there are hiccups and, and you know, bumps on the road, there's going to be hiccups and bumps. But every hiccup and bump should take you deeper, deeper. in God. Because the deeper you go, the higher you come in life. Mm, yeah. Wow, wow. That's been such a blessing. It's been just a blessing to us. Thank you so much. I perceive strongly that we need to share this to as many folks that will listen in. This, this is treasure. This is gold. The Bible says, has not yet appeared what we shall be like. But when he is revealed, this is Christ being revealed here. When he is revealed, we will be like him. We will be like him. So the journey is just that we just be like him. Yes. Let us just be like him in every sector. Is he going to use you, you know, to speak to government, to speak to nations? Yes, he used Joseph. But he needs your foundation to be right. He won't present you where you will disgrace both yourself and he will make that foundation so you will you will go to the peace, you'll be in Potiphar's house, you'll be the prison, and he looks at it, you will never become the prime minister. You will, you will. He's going to show you off to the nation, but mm. he will deal with the foundation. He that. will deal with the foundation. And I that's what that. the challenger is about. Understand, it's not just for somebody like that ready to do life on ease and mm. comfort, but mm. you are ready to go deep. You're ready mm. to really surrender to the process. Mm. And it's been such an honor to host you this morning on Silent General. I'm so delighted. Thank you so very much. We're truly honored. Thank you so much for the gift of you and the gift of your time. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us. Let's just allow you to say your, your, your few words so that we could allow you run because we know we've taken a lot of time and thank them for us for the sacrifice. Um, for everyone that has joined us on this May edition, I believe that you've seen, you've heard, you've been inspired, you've been said of, it's not enough to listen, we must do, we must practice. Just said, turn on the light. It's not enough for us to just complain. 
not working, that is not working. What are you doing? Hold up for us. Turn on the light. Become all that God wants you to be. God, thank you for the gift of your time. Thank you, Justin, for you being so beautiful. I think I don't want myself to like that. I totally love your experience. Thank you, Lara. Thank you, everyone. Thank you all. Thank you so very much. I believe you've seen that there's actually an alternative to all that is going on in the world. And you can shine as a star become all that God wants. So we come again your way next month. Please keep practicing and keep doing and become all that you need to be according to the plan of God for your life. God bless you.